Welcome to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson, best-selling author of three books on healing cancer successfully. Now, here's Bill Henderson. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in to How to Live Cancer-Free on webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have you, and we're going to have some wonderful information for you here on the show today. Before we get started in that, though, we want to give you kind of an update of the current information that's going on in the news about cancer. And one of our wonderful folks at Web Talk Radio will be talking to you shortly for a few minutes about that. So stay tuned, and I'll be back shortly. Thanks, Bill. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. Bill, one of your readers recently shared a shocking article about root canals. Since you're constantly urging people to avoid root canals whenever possible, I thought it'd be fitting to pass along this very important info to your listeners, too. Root canal teeth are essentially dead teeth that can become silent incubators for highly toxic anaerobic bacteria that can, under certain conditions, make their way into your bloodstream to cause a number of serious medical conditions, many not appearing until decades later. Most of these toxic teeth feel and look fine for many years, which make their role in systemic disease even harder to trace back. Sadly, the vast majority of dentists are oblivious to the serious potential health risks they are exposing their patients to, risks that persist for the rest of their patients' lives. The American Dental Association claims root canals have been proven safe, but they have no published data or actual research to substantiate this claim. Most dentists would be doing an enormous service to public health if they familiarized themselves with the work of Dr. Weston Price. Unfortunately, his work continues to be discounted and suppressed by medical and dental professionals alike. Dr. Price was a dentist and researcher who traveled the world to study the teeth, bones, and diets of native populations living without the benefit of modern food. Around the year 1900, Price had been treating persistent root canal infections and became suspicious that root canal teeth always remained infected in spite of treatments. Then one day... He recommended to a woman who was wheelchair-bound for six years to have her root canal tooth extracted, even though it appeared to be fine. She agreed, so he extracted her tooth and then implanted it under the skin of a rabbit. The rabbit amazingly developed the same crippling arthritis as the woman and died from the infection ten days later. But the woman, now free of the toxic tooth, immediately recovered from her arthritis and could now walk without even the assistance of a cane. Price discovered that it's mechanically impossible to sterilize a root canal tooth. He then went on to show that many chronic degenerative diseases originate from root-filled teeth, the most frequent being heart and circulatory diseases. He actually found 16 different causative bacterial agents for these conditions. But there were also strong correlations between root-filled teeth and diseases of the joints, brain, and nervous system. Dr. Price went on to write two groundbreaking books in 1922 detailing his research into the link between dental pathology and chronic illness. Unfortunately, his work was deliberately buried for 70 years until finally one endodontist named George Meinig recognized the importance of Price's work and sought to expose the truth. Dr. Meinig, a native of Chicago, was a captain in the U.S. Army during World War II before moving to Hollywood to become a dentist for the stars. He eventually became one of the founding members of the American Association of Endodontists, otherwise known as root canal specialists. 
In the 1990s, he spent 18 months immersed in Dr. Price's research. In June of 1993, Dr. Meinig published the book Root Canal Cover-Up, which continues to be the most comprehensive reference on this topic today. Now let's talk about some of the science surrounding this topic. Your teeth are made of the hardest substances in your body. In the middle of each tooth is the pulp chamber, a soft living inner structure that houses blood vessels and nerves. Surrounding the pulp chamber is the dentin, which is made of living cells that secrete a hard mineral substance. The outermost and hardest layer of your tooth is the white enamel, which encases the dentin. The roots of each tooth descend into your jawbone and are held in place by the periodontal ligament. In dental school, dentists are taught that each tooth has one to four major canals. However, there are accessory canals that are never mentioned, literally miles of them. Just as your body has large blood vessels that branch down into very small capillaries, each of your teeth has a maze of very tiny tubules that, if stretched out, would extend for three miles. Weston Price identified as many as 75 separate accessory canals in a single front tooth, otherwise known as a central incisor. Microscopic organisms regularly move in and around these tubules, like gophers in underground tunnels. When a dentist performs a root canal, he or she hollows out the tooth, then fills the hollow chamber with a substance that cuts off the tooth from its blood supply, so fluid can no longer circulate through the tooth. But the maze of tiny tubules remains, and bacteria, cut off from their food supply, hide out in these tunnels where they are remarkably safe from antibiotics and your own body's immune defenses. Under the stresses of oxygen and nutrient deprivation, these formerly friendly organisms morph into stronger, more virulent anaerobes that produce a variety of potent toxins. What were once ordinary, friendly oral bacteria mutate into highly toxic pathogens lurking in the tubules of the dead tooth, just awaiting an opportunity to spread. No amount of sterilization has been found effective in reaching these tubules, and just about every single root canal tooth has been found colonized by these bacteria, especially around the apex and in the periodontal ligament. Oftentimes, the infection extends down into the jawbone where it creates cavitations, areas of necrotic tissue in the jawbone itself. Cavitations are areas of unhealed bone, often accompanied by pockets of infected tissue and gangrene. Sometimes they form after a tooth extraction, such as a wisdom tooth extraction, but they can also follow a root canal. According to Weston Price Foundation, in the records of 5,000 surgical cavitation cleanings, only two were found healed. And all of this occurs with few, if any, accompanying symptoms. So you may have an abscessed dead tooth and not know it. This focal infection in the immediate area of the root canal tooth is bad enough, but the damage doesn't stop there. That's a look at cancer in the news this week. Join us next week as we will continue this very important discussion. For Web Talk Radio, I'm Anthony DeVoe. Now back to you, Bill. Well, hello, folks. It's Bill Henderson again with How to Live Cancer Free. Well, we try each week on webtalkradio.net to bring you information that will help you heal your cancer if you have it and avoid it if you don't. We're going to be able to bring you some interesting information this week. What I'm doing is is an uh, encore presentation of an interview I did with Dr. Jim Ochiogrosso about uh, men's prostate cancer and prostate problems in general, not just cancer, and his uh, great program for helping men 
to overcome these problems and he, he has helped me dr jim has helped me a lot in the last eight or nine months and uh, he can help you if you're a man over 50 years of age you definitely need to listen to this this guy and get in touch with him because he can sure help you with uh, prostate problems that virtually all men experience in, to some degree in uh, the latter years of their life after they're 50 years old really not uh, even too late in life well I've, I've got some interesting information for you this week but I want to start by encouraging you to go to my website which is beatingcancergently.com with hyphens between the words you have to put the hyphens in there or you won't get the right website and look at a feature that I've put in there this week just put it up uh, the other day uh, which is a search feature I have hundreds of pages on my website now it's been up for uh, at least nine years or so and with lots of newsletters and all kinds of other information on there but it's kind of hard sometimes to find something a particular subject on that well I've now got uh, instituted on the website on the home page when it first comes up at the top of the page a search feature interesting uh, the search feature will allow you to look back at every newsletter that's on my website and they go all the way back to 2004 literally seven years worth now of newsletters and uh, some and I was doing them uh, more often than once a month uh, back then so there's lots of newsletter information there and you just type in a subject now, for example, if you want to look up low-dose naltrexone, for example, I've talked about that several times in the newsletter, uh, curcumin, turmeric, uh, whatever, uh, anything, uh, aspartame, anything that you want to look up there that I've ever written anything about will, that's on the website there will come up uh, with a search uh, engine list of, of uh, links to go to to read about that subject. So it's going to be a big help for people to, to use the website more proactively and, and get involved with uh, trying to look things up and research things on there. So I think you'll enjoy it. Go take a look at it. While you're there, by the way, if you haven't already, read my January 31st newsletter, the last one that came out just a couple weeks ago. And in that newsletter, I have a long article on cleansing and detoxing a subject I've been discussing uh, and with several people but also studying in depth myself and trying out various things in the last uh, really six weeks or so since around the first of the year uh, what you'll find there is a great article that has several different resources for you to explore for cleansing and detoxing guidance about how to do it in a way that is very healing and uh, that works completely with herbal substances that are completely harmless but which cleanse your organs and the ones that particularly need attention are your liver we talk in in that article about toxemia of the liver which is a very common problem by the way for cancer patients and uh, dr garcia who i trust and and admire completely says he thinks it's the primary reason people die of cancer is toxemia of the liver and what we're talking about there is how to how to deal with this how to get rid of it uh, but also how to keep your kidneys from getting overloaded and and backing up on you and so on uh, your bladder your kidneys are related uh, your liver of course is related to your gallbladder and the two need cleansing together and of course your colon those three 
the kidneys, the liver, and the colon are the primary ways your body cleanses itself and keeps itself uh, working properly. And once they get broken down, those organs, believe me, the problems are immense. And it's just a very common problem. The doctors have no real answer for this. Uh, they give you a lot of uh, pills and and uh, do a lot of operations on people that could be healed uh, without having to do uh, invasive surgery and or uh, taking a lot of pills with a lot of side effects that really don't help at all and don't cure the problem. They're treating the symptom as usual. But uh, in this case, we're talking about cleansing at a very basic level and uh, about a wonderful uh, doctor named uh, Dr. Richard Schultz who worked out uh, many years ago uh, with patients that were terminal how to heal them with herbal substances of all kinds and it you can buy a package that will teach you how to do that for your own family and for yourself it's just a wonderful thing to explore so take a look at my website beatingcancergently.com with hyphens between the words try the search feature out there and then go take a look at, in the newsletter archive page at the most recent cancer the most recent cancer free newsletter it's called January 31st uh, 2011 and it will have a, a nice article in there that you'll want to read about cleansing and detoxing well I have a, a wonderful set of sponsors for this show. One of them is a company called Our Health Co-op, and I've been with them for a long time, as you know. And the products they sell are so inexpensive, it's just amazing. These are supplements of all kinds. These people have been around for at least uh, 10 years now and have worked out a way to bring you the most uh, high-quality uh, supplements you can find anywhere at the lowest possible price. And they do it, of course, by limiting their overhead to a few people that help you and that can uh, organize the process of getting the, the products they sell tested in a laboratory where they are told that, uh, in fact, the product contains what it says on the container. If they're told anything else, they simply return it to the supplier of that product. And this is unique. I don't know of any other supplier of uh, supplements that does this. So I want you to take a look at this company. They are very, very fine people. Uh, they will talk to you about your your problems and give you advice uh, about what to take and what they have. Uh, a great source of information. Their, their website is makinghealthaffordable.com. Uh, call the order desk if you like. In Florida, it's 1-800-667-0781. Again, they'll ship it all over the world, their products uh, of any kind. So if you're outside the United States, the 800 number probably won't work. You want to try uh, area 561-863-5300. Well, I want to talk to you today, today uh, the cancer in the news segment, I want to talk about diabetes, actually, because so many people I work with, and this is an average of a couple of new people every day that I talk to on the phone about their cancers, the majority of them have other physical problems, and it surprises me how common it is that they have diabetes, and particularly if they're overweight. Uh, they've obviously been abusing their body in some way with the kind of food and, and drink they've done uh, all their life, and it's breaking down. And, and the, the problems that cause diabetes 
are very, very similar to those that cause cancer. And the body has too much insulin in it, uh, the hyperinsulinism causes cancer. So the, the diabetes is related to cancer, and it's not surprising to me that uh, a lot of people have both and that they're trying to deal with both. So I wanted to give you some resources today uh, on the, the diabetes situation because there are some great ones. I think the best one I know of is a book by a Dr. Gabriel Cousins, C-O-U-S-E-N-S, Gabriel Cousins, M.D., and he has written a book called There Is a Cure for Diabetes. Believe it or not, the Diabetes Association says there is no such cure for diabetes, that uh, it's a chronic disease with no cure. That's what they say. Well, that's not true. There is, in fact, a cure, and Dr. Cousins has worked it out because he's worked this with patients uh, with all kinds of diabetes, including type 1, type 2, advanced uh, cases, and so on, and has healed them of the diabetes in weeks, literally, a couple of weeks, and they're over it. And what does he do it with? Well, you guessed it. It's raw food. Raw food is the primary way that he treats people to get them off insulin and get their blood sugar back under control, stopping them from eating the, the junk they've been putting in their mouth and that's causing their body to break down, feed their cells and the rest of their, their body functions with raw food, and they get well. If you want to see an example of that that I really enjoyed, uh, it's a, a movie called Raw for 30 Days. It's a video, actually that is available free. All you have to do is type that into Google uh, as a search uh, term, raw for 30 days video. I just did this and it comes up with uh, a number of different sites that have this video on there, which you can watch free. And what it is is, a, is an ex example of Dr. Cousins taking 11 people with diabetes. Uh, one or two had type one diabetes, the rest had type two and they knew nothing about what he did at his clinic, but he got them to volunteer to come at no cost to his clinic in Arizona. It's called the Tree of Life Clinic. And the video is about their results there, and it is astounding what happens to these people. Within a week or so, really, several of them have got completely free of insulin, and their blood sugar is back to normal, eating nothing but raw food. And, of course, taking a little exercise and do, getting out in the sunshine, doing some things that are healthy to their body. But most of it is the raw food aspect. And believe me, I, I urge cancer patients to do the same thing. You know, try to revise your diet to about an 80% raw uh, ratio, at least at first. Try this. And, of course, if you can go 100% raw, it's even probably healthier for the, during the healing phase for the first two or three months while you're healing the cancer. But most people can't go all that route. And I just talked to a lady in Spain this morning who said, well, it's very cold in Madrid and I can't eat just raw food because my body needs something warmer. Well, this is, this is our habits, folks. It's uh, the way we've eaten all our life with cooked food. That's how we worship chefs and we think that uh, the recipes that, that we get for cooked food are some way to keep our family happy and so on. So... All, most uh, women for their family produce cooked food, and that's a result in the American diet, really, and almost all, uh, I'm sure, civilized countries, 
80 to 90 percent of what we eat. Think about it in the last uh, couple of weeks. Think about what you've eaten. Almost all of it is cooked food and a very small amount is raw the way it comes from nature. And believe me this is one of the major reasons that people get cancer and and diabetes certainly because we're eating cooked food that has no enzymes in it. Uh, one of the things I've learned here that uh, is, is rather interesting is that the enzymes of course are in our food, all kinds of food that are raw including animal protein. Uh, we don't eat raw meat and raw eggs and so on usually but the enzymes are in there and they're there so the food can be digested easily by uh, an animal or a person who eats the food raw. But we eat vegetables, meat, uh, eggs, uh, fish, chicken, everything cooked in some way. And when you heat anything over 118 degrees Fahrenheit, all the enzymes go away. They're gone. So there's nothing in the food to help our body digest it. And as a result, the digestive process, which is governed primarily by the pancreas producing enzymes to digest this food like protease, amylase, etc. The, the process is less than 100% perfect and the undigested molecules end up in the small intestine. They get into the bloodstream and they end up clogging up literally the membranes of our cells. And since the membrane of the cell is the primary communication device of the cell, this has been proven by, by uh, a lot of people, including Bruce Lipp, the author of Biology of Belief. They've proven uh, that the cell membrane is the primary way cells communicate. And when you clog that up with food that is undigested, the cells break down and we get symptoms. One of the symptoms is cancer. Another one, of course, is diabetes. All of these things result from eating not just junk food from McDonald's or whatever, although these people that Dr. Cousins work with, he described them as mostly McDonald's types that have had eaten junk food, a lot of it uh, over the last 20, 30 years, and uh, their bodies are breaking down. But even those of us that eat very gourmet type meals that are cooked, believe me, we're abusing the heck out of the, the cells in our body because they are breaking down unable to handle all this undigested stuff that's clogging them up. Anyway, my feeling, as you probably know if you've read my much of my literature here, is that health equals cellular communication. If your cells are communicating well, you, you stay well. You stay in health, basically. And that's what I strive to do with my own health here, is to keep eating things and, and keep doing things that will keep my cells operating efficiently. So hey take a look at Dr. Cousins work both the book and this raw, raw for 30 days video are very very educational about in this case uh, diabetes but believe me what he's talking about there applies to cancer as well well one of my sponsors has asked me to tell you that uh, instead of going to a particular supplier for their their product this is a, a company called transfer point of Columbia South Carolina they've asked me to tell you to call them to get a good uh, supplier of their product that is handy to you and is the least expensive source for you because they have quite a few outlets for their product one of which is in Europe by the way I just talked to a 
uh, this lady in Spain, and she said somebody she knew ordered the, the beta-glucan from Transfer Point, and they sent it to them, but they had to pay about a hundred pounds of British dollars, which is more, it's $160 US, something like that, for the customs for this product. Well, we don't want you to do that. There is a source in Europe where you can get this. And if you call this number, and uh, uh, there's a website, but there's also uh, an email address. So here's the information that you need to use to find the best source of the transfer point beta-glucan that I recommend. The website is www.transferpoint.com, just the name of the company, transferpoint.com. Their phone number in South Carolina is area 803-561-0342. You can email them if you're outside the United States. This would probably be a good idea, which is uh, info, I-N-F-O, at transferpoint.com. Info at their website, transferpoint.com. Get a hold of them and figure out where the best source is that uh, you can get it uh, at the best price. And it's handy to you, of course, if you're outside the country. Well, I, I like the product that Green Supreme puts out that's called Barley Power, but they put out lots of other products. So if you go to their website, which is greensupreme.net, you'll find a variety of products that they sell, all of which are very health-producing products. The Barley Power is a huge source of alkalinity for your body and, and of enzymes. Really, it gives you all 3,000 of the enzymes that are in your human body, and believe me, it's the best source I know of to of making sure you got all the enzymes you need, including those to digest your food properly. So I recommend people take these, you know, 20 minutes or so before they eat a meal because it does help you with the digestion of your food, particularly the cooked food we were talking about. So, you know, I, I for uh, people with cancer, I recommend about 20 of these a day, six or seven before each meal, but I take about eight or nine of them in the morning, even with no cancer at all, uh, just to keep my body alkaline and to keep it uh, out of the, uh, the category of acidity that uh, promotes cancer. So, you know, to get some of this product, all you got to do is call these folks in, uh, in western Pennsylvania. It's on Eastern Time, of course. It's 1-800-358-0777. Be sure and tell them I sent you and that, that you want their, their special price for cancer patients. Uh, outside the United States, if you want to call them, they'll ship it to you anywhere in the world. It's area 724-946-9057. Well, stay tuned, folks. We've got Dr. Jim Ochoa-Grosso coming up to talk about prostate cancer and, and prostate health in general. And every man should be interested in this, and every woman who loves her man should also be interested. So t stay tuned. Hello, folks. I have an interesting guest for you today. I think you'll find this gentleman very, very interesting, particularly if you are a gentleman of the male persuasion or a lady that's concerned about her gentleman. So listen up, folks. You will enjoy Dr. James Ochoagrosso. Dr. Ochoagrosso is a 71-year-old naturopathic doctor who has put together vital information for all men and, of course, there are women who care about them. His book is called Your Prostate, Your Libido, Your Life, and it's the best one I've seen on both the causes and cures of prostate cancer problems, which plague all men at some time in our lives. 
Dr. Ocho Grosso had a career as a computer programmer and an author of several books on computer programming, but along about 1990, at the age of 52, like most of us, he began encountering significant problems with frequent urination, loss of libido, and even erectile dysfunction. Doctors were of no help at all. Frustrated with the medical system, he began his own education in natural healing, which led eventually to acquiring a degree as a doctor of naturopathy and a master herbalist. Do you have prostate problems? Well, if not, you're probably not a man or not old enough. We all encounter them for reasons Dr. Ocho Grosso describes in detail in the first half of his book. In the second half, he describes the procedure he has used on himself and which you can use to overcome your prostate problems. Believe me, these problems can destroy your life in several ways. I urge you to get this book. After you've read it, if you feel you need more help, Dr. Ocho Grosso is available for telephone consultation. So listen up, we'll be telling you later how to reach him. Welcome, Dr. Ocho Grosso. Thank you for sharing your vast knowledge on this subject with our listeners. Hi, Bill. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. glad to have you. And uh, what I'd appreciate, if you could, for the men in the audience in particular, if you could describe your own experience with the prostate problems when it started like 20 or so years ago. Well, basically we started with... Um, slow urination and uh, sometimes burning urination, sometimes a little bit of uh, bladder infections, uh, some erectile dysfunction. Uh, generally, I knew something was not <clears throat> quite right in my prostate, uh, and I went to several medical doctors trying to figure out uh, what it could be and was put on different antibiotics, and they helped for a while but didn't do any real, uh, didn't make any real changes uh, to the situation. So, yeah. uh, so what did you do about it that, that finally worked? Well, basically I started uh, gaining some knowledge about uh, herbal things and nutritional things and started to change my diet. I was fearful of prostate cancer because most of the men in my family have had prostate problems, uh, generally starting at about 40. Really? Uh, so I was uh, really uh, leery about this and uh, you know wanted to do something to uh, avoid getting more having the situation become worse, so I started looking into <clears throat> nutritional things. Yeah, really. It's surprising how, how few men really look at this. I mean, they look at the, the urologist and uh, he, he, you know, ask him to, to fix them generally, which is what most of us do when we get something wrong with our body. We think the, uh, the guys in the white coat have some kind of answers. And, of course, it turns out even now, if 20 years after your first experience, they still don't have anything to amount to anything that, that heals this problem. Uh, at least I certainly haven't encountered anything. But certainly diet, which uh, you, you stress highly in your book as one of the primary things that men need to pay attention to, is probably the last thing most men suspect as a, uh, as a, a cause of their problem. Give us a little more information on, on how the diet affects it. One thing that has a pretty significant effect is uh, milk and milk products, uh, mainly because they're high in uh, estrogens. <clears throat> estrogens tend to cause prostate growth oh, in yeah. man, and they tend to uh, debalance the hormone systems, uh, making uh, making estrogen a more prominent player than testosterone. 
Yeah, m most men probably think of estrogen in relation to as a, a women's hormone that has nothing to do with them. Yeah, but, that's, that's very true. Uh, but in the recent, and, and most medical doctors um, in the past, and when I say past, I'm not talking about long-term past, I'm talking about short-term, maybe 15, 20 years, right. uh, believe generally that um, the prostate didn't have any receptors for either estrogen or progesterone on it, which are both normally called female hormones. Yeah. And in the past, um, in the recent past, the last few years, this has been proven to be very untrue. The prostate has lots of receptors on it for uh, both uh, female hormones, progesterone and estrogen. Yeah. And, so, and as those get out of balance, which they do with almost everyone as we get older, uh, you get all kinds of symptoms. Uh, what are some of the symptoms that, that you went through and describe them? Because most men have probably experienced this and, uh, and you can help uh, identify, I think, with them by describing what symptoms there are. Well, prostate symptoms uh, generally have a pretty wide range. Right. Uh, they go from uh, slow urination, uh, dribbling, uh, inability to start the urine stream and... Uh, uh, slow starting, slow stopping, uh, the stream stops in the middle and you have to wait to get it going again. In severe cases, uh, especially at night, this uh, becomes very uh, critical uh, yeah. during the nocturnal part of the, the Well, I the talked day. to a guy the other day this, this last week that was getting up every 20 minutes at night and been doing it for months. And he just, you know, so welcomed something that finally gave him an hour and a half of sleep. I mean, it's just, it's really pathetic. I've experienced this often on myself with oh, prostatitis and, and so on. But it's uh, really a function of the, the mechanical nature of the prostate and how it kind of wraps around the ureth urethra, isn't it not? Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the prostate does wrap all around the urethra and the... Uh, Especially if the prostate growth, uh, if the prostate is growing and tends to grow more inward than outward, uh, it squeezes the urethra, which is what causes the uh, slow urination. Yeah, sure. And of course, the retention of urine tends to cause uh, bladder infections and other things that aggravate the problem even further, do, do they not? Yes, yes. Uh, the retention of urine can actually, in severe causes, cause uh, urine to back up uh, into the kidneys or uh, block the kidneys, and that can cause a, a real serious problem. Yeah, sure. Well, give us an example of uh, the type of problems that you help men with who contact you. I know you do telephone consultation. We'll, we'll give people how to access that here in a minute. But what are the type of problems that you deal with typically? Well, you uh, mentioned uh, a fellow that spoke to you recently that was waking up every 20 minutes during the night and uh, I was just uh, have a, uh, a fellow that I've been helping that had basically that same problem and um, you know we kind of directed him into how he could change his diet and uh, uh, some natural products that he could use some herbals and some other things that he could use to um, improve the urinary flow and after a uh, couple of weeks worth of treatment he was at the point of where he was sleeping two to three hours at night uh, without waking up. So there's a, a major improvemment in your life oh boy, is it <laughs> from 20-minute uh, wake-up calls it, it to uh, three-hour wake-up yeah. calls. I mean, it affects everything you do oh, during the day. It makes you so fatigued and so irritable. You're, you're really not getting any sleep because yeah. by the time you fall asleep, you're waking up again. Yeah, that's right. Incredible. And what we're talking about here, gentlemen, is not necessarily prostate cancer, although it can certainly uh, 
develop into that and does frequently and, and most of us at my age are, are older I'm 78 now and, and Jim's uh, 71 but most of us have prostate cancer in a very slow growing form and relatively benign form for cancer because a lot of men simply die with the prostate cancer not because of it of course but the other thing and what's really causing a lot of these problems is the growth of the prostate organ itself what's called BPH which stands for benign prostate hyperplasia or hypertrophy or something like that it just means that as we get older the prostate gland grows in size and of course doing that it pinches off more on the urethra than it did normally and we get all these symptoms anything to add to that Jim? Yeah well what you said at the beginning there uh, it's estimated uh, by and this is from autopsy results of men who have died from causes other than prostate problems. Yeah. It's estimated that about 40% of the men in their 50s to about 80% of men in their 70s have latent or undiagnosed prostate cancer. Yeah, interesting. And this is basically, you know, not men who have obvious prostate problems, but men who have died from auto accidents and other causes. Yeah. So, um, Cancer and BPH uh, quite frequently go together. One does not cause the other. No. But um, cancer can coexist with uh, BPH, and the man can have uh, symptoms which are indicative of either cancer. And cancer symptoms and BPH system symptoms are pretty much the same. Yeah, okay. So a man can have both and not really know whether he's got BPH or he has cancer. Yeah, sure. And of course, let's talk about the testing here a minute. Uh, obviously, the PSA test is something that most men get done. I started in my early 50s, kind of like you did, and and took it for about 20 years, I guess, every six months or so. And I kept getting a reading that was elevated enough that they wanted to do a biopsy. I mean, they did four of them, and they were all negative. But the, the reading, the PSA jumped around for me from 4.2 up to 18.99 and everything in between over those 20 years. And I finally just stopped doing those PSA tests regularly in about 2003. At the recommendation of my, the DO that was my doctor at the time, he said, really, this test isn't, isn't of any value for you. And he said, I'll just continue to examine this with what they call a DRE, digital rectal exam and see how it's doing and so on by feel. Well, what do you think about biopsies in general as a way to, to diagnose prostate cancer? Well, I think uh, you're, you're one of the lucky few. Uh, most doctors tend to, if your PSA goes up as high as 18, they want to do a biopsy right away. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, this is how uh, prostate cancer is uh, diagnosed. And you have to remember that a man at uh, 70 years old would have about a 70% chance of having prostate cancer anyway. Right. So uh, doing a biopsy on a 70-year-old man because his PSA is high is almost, you know, it's got a high probability of finding some cancer in the prostate. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that cancer is aggressive or not, that's a whole other story. And whether it needs to be aggressively treated or not right. is a whole other story. Yeah, what about over-treatment of prostate cancer? What do you think about that? That's a major problem in this country today, and I think all the progressive urologists, I know frequently the Prostate Cancer Research Institute has uh, put out their newsletters with uh, indicators that this is a real problem, that prostate cancer is a seriously over-treated disease. Right. 
you know, many men uh, who have non-aggressive prostate cancer can live for many, many years uh, with it, but uh, a lot of the treatment, the aggressive treatment, is due to misinformation on the part of the patient. Yeah, here, here. And also a failure of the clinicians to fully explain the risk-benefit ratio. I mean, yeah. I, I have a couple of clients that I've been trying to help with their erectile dysfunction uh, problems. Uh, one feller has been, uh, it's, it's more than, it's close to three years now from his surgery point. Right. And he was not told that he might have permanent erectile dysfunction, that that was a possibility. Oh, you know, he yeah. was just told that, oh, we'll scoop your prostate out and everything will be fine. And uh, unfortunately, everything is not fine. Yeah. He's a relatively young man, he had a low level of prostate cancer, which didn't really need aggressive treatment, uh, but he did, you know, he was panicky. He panicked, his wife panicked, his children panicked, yeah. and he got more treatment than he needed. Yeah, the, the two most common effects, after effects of that kind of surgery, of course, erectile dysfunction is one, uh-huh. uh, and the other one is, is incontinence, I guess, right? And yes, yes. Very common. Well, it depends on the treatment, too. Uh, incontinence, yeah, for uh, surgery. Uh, Radiation treatment uh, is the erectile dysfunction. Uh, I think it's about the same, but the uh, incontinence levels are a bit higher, and uh, uh, seed treatment is um, has less problems with uh, erectile dysfunction, but more with incontinence. So yeah. it's a matter of which problem do you want to live with <laughs> for the rest of your life. Kind of a trade-off. Yeah, it's not a very good one either. Yeah. Well, let's especially see if, we can, if you can. Yeah, especially let's... if you can. Uh, if you have a low-risk, non-aggressive prostate cancer. Yeah, yeah, and the, the doctors really don't discriminate that way. I mean, they sort of give you the, the bums rush, and they scare the bejabies out of people and get them to do the, the operation uh, much sooner than necessary in many, many cases. I know lots oh, yeah. of them, as you do, too, I'm sure. Well, in all fairness to the uh, medical profession in that way, uh, it, it's not really possible for them to tell which kind of prostate cancer is going to become more aggressive in the future. Yeah. So all they can do is they say, well, it's not aggressive now. And in most cases, non-aggressive prostate cancer does not uh, turn into, suddenly turn into aggressive prostate cancer. Yeah. Unless there are other uh, highly unbalanced issues in the person's body. Right. Well, folks, I'm talking to Dr. James Ochiogrosso, a, a naturopathic doctor, wonderful, wonderfully uh, informed and competent gentleman about prostate cancer in particular and treatment of prostate problems, which may not include cancer, by the way, uh, for everybody. And I want to tell you how to contact him because he's quite willing to have you do this. He helps a lot of people over the telephone. And to get some more information about him, take a look at his website, which is www, of course, prostatehealthnaturally.com. Let me spell that for you, because a lot of people spell prostate incorrectly. Uh, They put one too many R's in there, and it comes up prostrate. Uh, Prostate is P-R-O-S-T-A-T-E, health, of course, H-E-A-L-T-H, naturally n-a-t-u-r-a-l-l-y.com that's his website prostatehealthnaturally.com you can reach him by email at drjim that's dr for dr jim at prostatehealthnaturally.com his website of course and if you want to call him by phone now remember he's in florida so he's on eastern time uh, area 239 498 one five four seven 
area 239-498-1547. I think you'll be very happy with him. Of course, it would probably help Dr. Jim if you would read his book before you call him so that you're kind of on the same page. I know I appreciate that when people call me for help. You know, if we've read if they've read my book, we at least have a, a good start, and I don't have to start at, at uh, ground zero with it. So his book is called Your Prostate, Your Libido, Your Life, by Dr. James Ochiogrosso. I'll spell the name for you. It's O-C-C-H-I-O-G-R-O-S-S-O. And you probably don't have to get that exactly right to find this book on Amazon. Where else can you buy the book, Dr. Jim? Well, you can buy it directly from my website, uh, yeah. the buy my book page on there, or or Amazon or uh, Barnes and Noble. You can also get it directly from the uh, publisher, which yeah. is uh, Glenbridge Publishing. Yeah. And well, the simplest way is just go to your website, I think. And simplest uh, and, way is the website. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the buy the book thing there, and you'll you'll love this book. I I've really found it very very educational. You're also on the website. Um, the uh, price of the book includes shipping, which uh, if you buy it from Amazon, you get to pay a, a couple of dollars shipping charge. Okay, so that's a good incentive for people to go to the website. Yeah, Again. if they want it signed, I'll even sign it for them. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. ProstateHealthNaturally.com. Check it out, folks. Okay. What, uh, when should younger men begin to address this potential problem? What age do you think is appropriate to start worrying about your prostate? I think uh, any age is appropriate to start worrying about your general health and your prostate, uh, which which are tied together very intimately. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did when I started having severe prostate problems was change my diet drastically. At that time, I was eating a lot of milk products, drinking milk, eating cheese, and uh, you know when I realized how much estrogen was in this and what an estrogen load you're getting when you eat these products. Um, you know, I started backing off that, and for about six months, when my PSA went real high, uh, for about six months, I went on uh, mostly a raw food diet, yeah. a lot of salad and a lot of uh, raw vegetables, raw fruits. Um, that helped. My PSA went way down, you know, in a short period of time. Well, you're preaching to the choir here, because if these folks have read my book, of course, that's what I recommend, is at least 80% of what you eat should be some kind of raw veggies, ideally. And uh, hold, you know, completely eliminate the dairy and 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 sweet stuff and uh, animal protein and so on, if you have cancer. And certainly, uh, people I think are doing this. Most of them listen to this show are well aware of what I recommend. But uh, what I what I found, of course, that dairy products. There's lots of studies on this, folks. By the way, and that all of your dairy animals are treated with hormones and you know so it increases the natural content of the milk and milk products from what it, it normally is which is not too healthy to begin with for anybody over the age of, of four or five for example uh, but it it has increased that dramatically because of the way uh, that dairy cattle are grown and the, the amount of hormones that they're fed in order to, to increase their growth rate etc yeah also the diet I live in Florida, and uh, people don't realize that Florida is a big cattle-producing state. And, uh, you know, you can drive around up here. If you go into the rural areas, you'll see lots and lots of uh, cattle roaming the fields. Yeah. When you look at one of these cows, you can count his ribs. Oh, and yeah. uh, when they put them on a feedlot and feed them grain, which a cow is not 
meant to eat, they're round, you know, they're fattened. Yeah. And so it's a whole different balance in the meat of yeah. the animal when Absolutely. you uh, force feed him basically food that he's not meant to digest. Yeah, for sure. And of course it affects the beef as well. Uh, you sure. know, if you're going to eat any beef, and I don't recommend anybody with cancer or any suggestion of it, eat anything like beef or even animal protein. But if you're going to eat it and you aren't sick yet, for gosh sake, look for grass-fed beef if you can find a good source for that. Right. And, of course, free-range chickens and so on that don't get fed the kind of junk that they feed the chickens that they stack up in these horrible places where they grow the chickens. I mean, it just makes you want to throw up when you see <laughs> these things. But, well, are there... well, one thing, one thing yeah. you mentioned before uh, about when a man should really start looking at his prostate. Right. It's probably at the age of about, I would say about an age of about 40 would be prudent. Yeah. To start getting his uh, his PSA tested because yeah. the PSA is not a very accurate test as far as determining prostate cancer or not. Right. But what can be very accurate is the movement of PSA over time. Yeah. So if a man has records starting at 40 and he starts having problems at 60 and he's got 20 years worth of these records, uh, they can tell a lot. A urologist can look at this and make a pretty good determination as to whether he has cancer or just BPH. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I think it, it's, it increases it's the uh, ability for urologists to make that uh, diagnosis. Yeah, it's useful as long as you don't overreact to the thing when it gets a, a little bit elevated. Because, right, exactly. Uh, it is an indicator, apparently, of inflammation, uh, which, of course, is generally true of prostates and other organs that, that grow in size. You know, they're somewhat inflamed. Sure. And apparently they put out this antigen called prostate-specific antigen, PSA, uh, when they're inflamed as well as when they have cancer, and, and the number tends to grow up, go up dramatically, of course, when you get prostate cancer. Mine, I, I had it tested a couple of months ago, Jim, and it was 14.4, which is not good. I mean, hey, but it's been everything else all over the lot, you know, with no particular trend for the last 20-some years, I guess 25. Well, I, I've had basically the same sort of issues. And, you know, one problem here is that a lot of uh, a lot of the doctors don't write the PSA test for uh, to include a free PSA. Yeah. Uh, and uh, free PSA can be very, very valuable along with the PSA test. Yeah, yeah I agree. I rarely ever have had that tested. It's yeah, they, they most... Most doctors don't write it. I don't know why. Uh, perhaps the test, I know the test is more expensive to do it that way, and yeah. it might be a, a cost issue. But uh, low levels of free PSA, uh, free PSA percentage, is uh, more indicative of cancer than high levels are. Okay. Describe so, to us know, what, it, the, what the free PSA means. Well, basically, uh, that's the, the percentage of PSA that's not bound to any, uh, any other item, any other protein in the body. Oh, I see. And, uh, the, and with all hormones, basically, uh, there are uh, bound versions and free versions. Yeah. Free version is basically what does the work in the body. You know, like free testosterone is what does the work. You can have a normal total testosterone and a low free testosterone, and for many older men, this is uh, what causes a low libido situation. Oh, I see. So uh, with uh, PSA testing, um, the free PSA, uh, when I started with my PSA testing, my free PSA was quite low. When I was really scared, my PSA was high, and I, I was pretty sure I had prostate cancer. In fact, I was told by a urologist that I'm in the 99% sure 
prostate cancer mode without even having a biopsy. I see. Um, so the lower the, time, free, the lower the free PSA, the better, is that right? No, no, the lower the free PSA percentage, the worse you are. Oh, I see. Are. Okay, okay, I got the you. The higher, the better. In fact, uh, they don't do any measurements. Uh, you know, they don't have any indicators uh, when your free PSA goes over about uh, 25 to 30%. I see. Now, when I first started off, I was down in the, the oh, I guess about 14% range on free PSA, and over the years... I've managed to get that up. My last PSA test, uh, while my PSA was about uh, six and a half or seven, somewhere around there, my mm -hmm. free PSA was up over 30%, yeah. which is a pretty good indicator that um, there is, you know, the prostate cancer. If I had it, it's no longer there. Yeah, I see. Yeah, there's an interesting test in your book, too, uh, about that can, men can take with just about seven questions here, where you can determine you know, what your level is by the experience you've had with uh, urination problems and, and getting up frequently at night and that sort of thing. It's called the International Prostate Symptom Score, and it gives you a pretty accurate idea. Uh, t tell them about this test, Jim, and how it worked for you. Uh, well, it gives you, basically this gives you an idea of uh, how bad off you are symptom-wise as compared to, uh, you know, as compared to other people. Right. Okay. Um, there are actually two tests on there. There's an international index of erectile function. Okay. And the one you're talking about is the uh, international prostate symptom test score. Okay. And uh, depending on where, you add on where you're at on this, it uh, gives you a feel for, you know, how do you compare to other people. Uh, if your score is very high, like uh, in the range of about uh, uh, 20, or, you know, anything over 20 is severe prostate dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Whereas a, a score of, let's say, less than 7 is mild dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, mine came out pretty mild right now, but, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a problem off and on. But for the last couple of months, it's been pretty well under control, yeah, apparently. Prostate symptoms can uh, can vary uh, yeah. from day to day and week to week. Uh, yeah, and quite frequently, uh, a man can have an infection in his prostate yeah. uh, called prostatitis, and uh, typically, you know, uh, will have prostate pain. Sure. Uh, and this uh, is typically treated with an antibiotic. And um, sometimes the antibiotic uh, will help, and sometimes it'll get rid of it completely. But more frequently, what I've seen is, uh, you know, guys will go through several courses of antibiotic, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as soon as they stop taking the antibiotic for any length of time, the problem comes back. Yeah. And that, to me, indicates that the uh, infection is chronic and uh, might likely not be bacterial, might yeah. be fungal. Mm -hmm. You know, a candida-type infection can exist in the prostate also. Yeah, quite possible, and, actually. And this is not usually addressed by uh, urologists, and certainly antibiotics don't do anything for candida. Yeah. So there are other things, herbal kind of stuff and natural stuff that can be used that uh, often will help with a prostate infection. Well, let's talk about prevention for a minute. I'm taking okay. something called Prostavar RX right now. Uh, I've taken several things over the years. Uh, this seems to be better than the ones I've taken before, and it's gotten a pretty good score on one of the websites that I looked at that compared these uh, different prostate prevention problem <laughs> combinations of herbs and so on. What do you think? What kind of substances should a, a, a man take for prevention? Well, 
probably the most uh, the most important is a prostate formula that's got uh, saw palmetto in it uh, is the principal herb usually, and uh, pygium is another one. Right. Uh, these two herbs together, along with uh, stinging nettle and uh, pumpkin seed extract. Okay. Pumpkin seeds are wonderful for the prostate if you can eat them. That's probably one of the best things you can do for yeah, prostate just, health. Yeah, you know, eat a handful of those every day, and it'll, yeah. it'll really help. Huh? Yeah, they do really help, but. Uh, Many of these combinations are, are good. The problem is with, with supplement manufacturers, you never really know uh, the quality of the product you're getting. Yeah, Because sure. anybody can make anything and claim uh, that there's anything in it. Uh, in fact, I've evaluated many, many different erectile dysfunction kind of uh, supplements, and many of them claim that they have Yohimbi in them, or Yohimbine, yeah. and uh, Yohimbine was one of the first drugs approved before Viagra for uh, erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, after researching this a bit, I found that uh, agencies that do testing on these substances uh, tested many of these things that uh, claim to have Yohimbi in them and couldn't detect any Yohimbi whatsoever. Oh, you are. So, <laughs> obviously, yeah. uh, you know, if the active ingredient is missing, even though it's on the label. Uh, so I, I sell a couple on my website, uh, but the ones I have on my website, uh, I've tried. They're tried and true, and I know they have Yohimbi in it because, uh, you know, I hear the reactions of the guys that uh, come back and yeah, give me right. feedback on them. So that's great. Yeah, we can look at your website for some. Obviously, you don't uh, favor men using Viagra Cialis or whatever. For well, only, as a last resort, uh, generally I try to uh, get a man's health status uh, in better shape because Viagra uh, basically is uh, band-aiding a problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have Viagra essentially uh, blocks a particular enzyme that prevents the uh, penis from getting hard. Yeah. Uh, so what happens here is it sort of overcomes the clogged arteries in the penis. But my approach on this is that if uh, arteries in the penis are getting clogged, they're not the only arteries in the body. The body <laughs> doesn't just single them out and say, hey, clog these arteries. Yeah, that's you know, a pretty good. The heart are also yeah, blocked. Pretty good <laughs> symptom of, of some kind of heart problems. Probably. Oh yeah, there's been uh, many, many reports uh, linking uh, erectile dysfunction to heart problems later on. Yeah. Erectile dysfunction, obviously, uh, you know, a man doesn't know that the arteries in his heart are being clogged, but uh, uh, when his uh, penis stops working, he knows that real quick. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> pretty hard to miss that one. Yeah, it's a very obvious indicator that yeah. something is wrong. You got it. Now, I, I don't necessarily say that a man shouldn't use Viagra, but if you're using Viagra uh, or something like it or one of the other uh, erectile dysfunction drugs, you know that you're putting a Band-Aid on a problem. Yeah. You're not solving that yeah. problem. Just temporary. Yeah, yeah it's a Symptom. temporary fix. You're far better off if you can change your diet and your lifestyle to uh, yeah. eliminate the need for the uh, ED drug. Well, folks, uh, if you want to get uh, very complete information, both on what causes these problems with the prostate and with all the things we've been talking about, the symptoms of it, uh, this wonderful book that Dr. Jim Grosso, the gentleman I'm talking to now, has written is called Your Prostate, Your Libido, Your Life. And believe me, you want to read that book because not only it tells you everything about why you have this problem, if you do, but how to fix it, you know, really how to deal with it. And he is a, a wonderful naturopathic doctor and, and herbalist who has really worked through this for himself and, and healed himself, and he's doing wonderfully well now. You know, you're uh, about as active as you've ever been. Is that right, Jim? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I, I had a back injury a couple of years ago, which uh, kind of slowed down my uh, racquetball game a bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm back on the court now. I'm not quite able to play as uh, as many hours as I used to play. Yeah. I used to get about eight, nine hours a weekend, but uh, you know, I'm still getting two or three hours a weekend, so I'm still, uh, I go two or three times a week, and uh, yeah. I play A-level racquetball, and I'm an avid player. I've been playing about 30 years. Oh, that's terrific. I love the game. I just love the game. It's yeah. a bit of a strenuous game. It's caused me some knee injuries and some back injuries. Yeah. <laughs> But I you love it. you fixed your rectal dysfunction, I gather, and uh, and all yeah. the other symptoms of this. Yeah, it's still, you know, you don't ever really completely fix it, but yeah. it's an awful lot better than it was. Oh, I'm quite happy with the situation at this point. Well, okay, here's how to contact this gentleman, folks. Take a look at his website, which is Prostate, P-R-O-S-T-A-T-E, by the way. There's only one R in there. ProstateHealthNaturally.com. If you want to email him, it's drjim, for doctor, drjim at prostatehealthnaturally.com, his website. And you can call him, and again, I would suggest you read the book before you call him, because obviously he's not going to be able to summarize the book for you on a telephone call. So, But he's in Florida on Eastern Time at area 239-498-1547. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jim. You've been a wonderful resource and, and help for all the men on this call and, and the women that love them. And I'm sure they're going to appreciate you immensely, and I hope you hear from lots of them. And we'll talk about this again. It's a great subject. Okay. I was very happy to be here. Thanks very much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to How to Live Cancer-Free with Bill Henderson.